What's up? Welcome to the Tour Junkies podcast for the PGA Championship. This is presented by our friends at Elite Events and Tickets.com. Now, if you like going to concerts, if you like going to big time sporting events, better yet, if you think you could make some money and earn a living from your kitchen table selling tickets, selling hospitality for major concerts, major sporting events, then Elite Events and Tickets. .com is your way to go. We have known the owners and founders of EliteEventsAndTickets.com for over 12 years. They operate out of Augusta. They've got a proven model. They will hook you up. They are now offering a franchisee program. For all those interested, go to EliteEventsAndTicketsFranchise.com, EliteEventsAndTicketsFranchise.com, and check out your options there. Start, a, start your own business from your house. If you like sports, if you like concerts, this is where this is where you do it. All right, knock it out. EliteEventsAndTicketsFranchise.com. Listen, this is the PGA Championship podcast. This is a good one. All right, we're going to talk about a major contest coming up that you are not going to want to miss, and of course, we're going to break down all the action for the PGA Championship. An incredible chunk and run, including who we would reincarnate ourselves as on the PGA Tour, and who we would reincarnate our co-host as on the PJ Tour. It's a good one. It does not disappoint. May your screens be green. Enjoy the podcast. What's going on, Golf Addicts? DB here of the Tour Junkies. Pat Perry with me. We are fired up. It's the PGA Championship week. It is Glory's second shot. It's the second major of the year now. Moved to May the podcast juice is flowing. We've got a fantastic episode tonight, including a major announcement that we'll get to here in just a second for an incredible contest. And then we've got a great chunk and run plan tonight. Pat, I am partaking of the traditional uh, Tito's LaCroix, a little splash of peach schnapps and a lime, a little twist of lime. What you got working over there, buddy? I got a little, I got a little Tito's and... Uh... It's kind of a ginger ale type drink actually tonight. I don't Tito. know where it came. It's, it's like a, it's like Tito's and it's they're they're called these ice drinks. Um, oh, oh yeah, the, the ice. I like those. Spark, yeah. So I don't know. I just was feeling it. I got an orange one too because I have always have a backup drink whenever I'm. Uh, you got to have the backup. Yeah. So I got an orange one and then I got the ginger ale one. It's, you know, uh, it's gonna be a good, good show. Looking forward to it. Yeah, man. Um, listen, we are right now. We're recording live, also broadcasting live on YouTube. Um, we think we're not really sure. So if you're if you're listening, um, maybe I don't know what's going on. Oh, Kyle, Kyle from uh, YouTube is watching. Uh, I wonder if they can hear both of us. Um, let me ask Kyle real quick. Can you hear us both? Um, also, if you are watching live, you get to see Pat adjust himself constantly. Uh, the the t- the shirt adjustment the hair adjustment you know for as much of a diva you think you act like I am y- you are constantly messing with the swoop and it's it's quite amusing to watch but well it's, this is really kind of messing with me you know how OCD I am and the fact that we're really just we're changing all this up and adding this video stuff yeah um, it's yeah. it's got me a little bit thrown off um, guys Pat but, is but so worked up he's he's liable to need to take a, a, a crap break here before too long because he's gonna be nervous 
uh, because, yeah, I did mix it up. We are broadcasting live from YouTube as we record this podcast right now. So let's get to it, Pat. You know, before we before we get into the PGA Championship, we got to recap the Byron Nelson. Sung Kang, uh, everybody's favorite douchebag, Sung Kang, <laughs> the cheating Korean, wins the Byron Nelson over my pick, one of my picks last week, Scott Piercy. Um, what you think of the Byron Nelson, Sung Kang? I, you know, I tweeted about it today. got a lot of attention. Definitely got a lot of attention, and and I definitely noticed how very very few PGA Tour players took to Twitter to congratulate Kanger on his first victory on the PGA Tour. Despite, you know, he's played 159 events. That's not, you know, he's not some rookie out there. He's he's had plenty of time to make friends, and it doesn't sound like he made a whole lot of them. The only, I think the only tweet I saw was from Gary Player, who literally tweets like everybody whoever wins knows. your member guest for that week yeah. i think i think the tour the tour put out a tweet at least congratulating him but yeah there was there was nothing no players i, I that was a funny tweet i, I like that one I also like the one you put out about um what would lucas lucas glover's wife do if uh yeah. he had hit her like uh was it was it dan dan what, no. what mccarthy who was no, it? Duncan. Tim, Tim, Tyler Duncan. Tim, Tyler Duncan. Tim Duncan is a seven foot Tim tall NBA retired Hall of Famer. I feel like he should have been in this field though. The way it's this like field was, you, you had, yeah, uh, yeah. The way this field is with uh, Tony Romo being in there and whatever else. I mean, I mean, who, I mean, Tim Duncan could have played in it, but yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a. I don't, I don't really like the course all that much. Um, it's not a good field. You know, See anything could, anything with fifty three yard fairways? I fully endorse. I would love to play Trinity Forest. I'm sure you would love that course. You'd be all about it. I'd still probably only hit about six fairways if, if we're honest. Yeah, but it just I don't know. wasn't a big fan, but yeah. And, you know, and a guy like Scott Piercy can play flawless golf. Flawless, zero Which bogeys. Which is amazing. Yeah, that's incredible. I can't even comprehend that. Like I'm. Just, yeah. Let me. No, I can't comprehend that. No, there's no way you couldn't even. You can't. You couldn't even. If you if you had a dream at night that you had done that, you would wake up the next morning just knowing it was. I mean, it wouldn't be one of those like, God, was it a dream or wasn't a dream? Like oh, you yeah. know immediately it was. It was definitely a dream. Yeah, like I haven't had a bogey free round at putt putt, and I'm pretty good at putt putt. You know, um, so yeah. I don't. I don't know how that's possible. But anyway, that's enough on the Byron Nelson. I'm done with that, except for the fact that the chalk bomb continues to be nails you know and and look we, mark leishman was the chalk bomb last week the the big fade and he busted uh, because he withdrew and people were happy with us and then people were mad at us which is dumb but uh, the chalk bomb is a free piece of content if you're not subscribing to the chalk bomb you need to go to tourjunkies.com right now the bottom right hand of, of any page on tourjunkies.com you can put in your email address and get that free piece of content let me tell you something right now. The Chalk Bomb is the baddest day piece of content that can be delivered to your inbox on a Wednesday night before lineup lock, before you put in those last-minute PGA Tour bets. The Chalk Bomb is where you need to go. We're going to tell you the big name that you need to fade and reasons why. We uh, you know, evaluate a few key head-to-head matchups and what that tells us in terms of the betting odds and the numbers um, and who we like from a tournament head-to-head matchup standpoint. And then the 10 facts are absolutely killer, okay? The 10 facts are killer. Our boy Ben Little puts a lot of work into those. And, and most of the time, nailing the top 10 with the 10 facts. And then, of course, my favorite part of the Chalk Bomb is Pat's parting words. If you scroll all the way to the bottom, you get Pat's parting words for the week. They're always entertaining. So 
the chalk bomb is a big deal. It, it is whether you're betting or playing DFS or any form of golf betting or fantasy, the chalk bomb is where it's at, and you need to get in on it. So again, go to tourjunkies.com, scroll to the bottom of any page on our website, bottom right hand corner, put in your email, subscribe to the chalk bomb. But it continues to be on a on a heck of a heck of a run. Uh, Pat, yeah. do you agree? I do. It's good stuff. Okay. I mean, it's a great read every every week, and it's not like it's not going to take you forever to read it. You know, it's just good content. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. Uh, now we got to get to something I'm excited about. I'm very excited about this announcement. We have a new contest. We've never done this before. We're going to try it out. You need to pay attention right now. This will cost you. It could cost you. You could win this thing, and it costs you absolutely nothing. You could win this thing, and it costs you a little bit. But nonetheless, it's a pretty awesome idea, I think, and I'm pretty pumped about it. Starts now, starts the moment that you hear this, and it's going to run through at least the final major of the year, the Open Championship. However, uh, if we feel like we need to extend that, we may extend it through the Tour Championship. But here's what we're going to do. You know, the biggest compliment that you can give to the Tour Junkies is tell your friends about it or just tell other people about it. Like, we love it when you guys buy stuff in the shop, by the way. The new Bohm t-shirt is in the shop, and I'm rocking it right now, and I'm really excited about it. Uh, so we love it when you guys buy new swag. We love it when you leave us iTunes reviews, when you engage on social media, blah, blah, blah. Of course, we love it when you listen to the podcast. But, you know, we're trying to grow this thing. We're trying to um, quit our jobs. We're trying to get Tito's attention. You know, they, they won't give us any <laughs> attention. So we need we need a little more, and we want we want I love I love like the grassroots guerrilla marketing efforts, right? And so here here's the plan. We want you guys to get really creative in telling as many people as possible about the Tour Junkies podcast and get creative with it. The winner of this contest, we're going to pick one winner, and let me tell you, this is pretty much completely subjective. So we could be bribed, um, we could definitely be coerced. Uh, paid off even, but the winner of this contest is going to be flown, if necessary, um, flown to Augusta, Georgia uh, on October 17th. You are going to get put up in a, in a nice spot, courtesy of the tour, all this courtesy of the tour junkies, and then on October 18th, you're going to wake up and play as my one-day member guest partner at Champions Retreat Golf Club uh, in lovely Augusta, Georgia. Champions Retreat hosted the first two rounds of the Augusta National Women's Amateur. You saw that on TV. It's a lovely spot. The only course in the world with three nine holes by each of the big three, Gary, Arnie, and Jack. Lovely spot. It's a one-day member guest. It's a really fun format, um, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Myself and our, our, our chalk bomb uh, expert, Mr. True Mav, Ben Little, are actually defending net champions, okay? Defending net champions for this. So it's a, it's a big deal, okay? Um, it, I think Pat is also going to make the trip and play with us and play with some other poor sap from, from Champions Retreat as a member. Or he won't get a member, and he'll just follow us around and drink a lot of beers and take content. Right, Pat? I was kind of wondering, what, what am I going to be doing during this whole deal? Like, well, I think those are the two scenarios. I mean, obviously you're not a member, so you'd have to come as a guest. So I'd have to find a Champions member to take you, which is going to be tough. And or, or if that doesn't work, you just have to come and follow me and the winner of this contest around on a golf cart and, you know, drink and get a lot of good content, which I think could also be fun for you. Um, yeah, I mean, possibly. I don't know. I mean, the, yeah, the drinking part, yeah, for sure. It's going to be. Watching you, you play golf is not going to be fun. 
it's going to be a fantastic event. And again, we're going to take care of everything. Uh, your flight, your hotel, your, uh, your, your golf, it's going to be fantastic. You're going to play on a fantastic golf course. Now, I, I want to elaborate a little bit on what you got to do because here's the thing. We're not just going to give this away just because you, like, retweet some stuff or, well, I don't know. you got, you got to get creative. I'm thinking, like, I'm just going to throw out a few ideas, and these are up for the taking, all right? But, like, I'm thinking to, to think on some ways that you could possibly be extremely loud and get in front of a lot of people and tell them why the Tour Junkies podcast is for them. Uh, and that could be, you know, you pay for, I don't know, an airplane banner behind a, an airplane on the beach. You could... Uh, pay. You could somehow find yourself on a jumbotron at a sporting event, um, blasting it. You could pay for advertising somehow. You know, you could invest in this. I mean, you can spend your own money on this. It, it, it may help you. It may return um, back to you. It may not. Don't don't get pissed if you don't. If it doesn't, you could do some some sort of social media campaign or account or something like that. Uh, Pat, do you have any other ideas? What are some other ideas that people could do? Yeah, I like the social media campaign. Um, I don't know. I mean, you could decide to be like Forrest Gump and run across the country. And Ooh, run back. yeah. <laughs> you know, like you could you could pull a Forrest Gump with tour junkies all over you and stuff. Yes, and, get people to write know. newspaper articles about you. Yeah, people still read yeah. the newspaper. Um, you know, oh, oh, I thought of this one. You know that meme that goes around um, about the guy sitting at the college that he's at a college campus and he's at a table and the sign just says, "Blah blah blah," convince me I'm wrong or t- like you know, convince me I'm right or what, you know, have you seen that, that meme that goes around, you like plug yeah, something yeah, in? Yeah, I think I've seen, yeah, yeah. You could do that. If you're a college student, this is money for you. If you're a college student, you could totally set up a rally or you could set up some kind of, I don't know what you could do, but you could set something up. You could set up a table. The Tour Junkies are the best golf podcast on iTunes. Convince me I'm wrong. Have people come by the table. What's Tour Junkies? You tell them. The, the, the deal is to spread the gospel of the Tour Junkies. You're going to get bonus points if it's, to a audience of people in our target, golf fans, if you somehow find a way to, to, to get those going. Um, you know, if you're at a ball game or something, you could throw something on Jumbotron. That's that's nice. But if you could... Let me, some- let me tell you what you probably can't do. Oh, and good. You might not. So, you know, all of us don't like mashed potatoes guy. I, I don't want to hear don't a bunch of, like, yeah. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. That's not going to, that's going to put you down in the book for me. Agree. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, where now? Now, doing something at a tour event is is fine. Definitely but, but, an idea, but not that. Yeah, wearing certain things to catch attention at a tour event. Totally get that. Don't be the yell tour junkies guy after a golf shot. Don't do that. Don't don't make us look terrible. Yeah, um, we're, yeah. You know, or the or the Bob Mennery Ripper Magoos. It drives me crazy. Don't do that either. Yeah, we're we're an upstanding operation here. We don't want to do that. Um, but you got to get creative with it, and oh, here's the other thing: big time, big time thing here you got to do. It has to be documented somehow. So, like, if you're doing something big, like we got to have a video of it, photo evidence. Like, it's got to be. We got to have some proof. Okay, it just can't be. Oh yeah, I did this. Like, you got to have some yeah, no, proof. No pick, no pick didn't happen. Yeah, video is ideal. If we can see, you know, video of it, it's great. But basically, from now, you got you got a month or month and a half or two to really think this up. But I encourage you to get, to get strategic, to get creative, and share the TJ Gospel. If you have any questions, concerns, if you have an idea that you think, eh, I don't know if the guys are going to like this, you want to run it by us, we are wide open for that. You can slide up in our DMs. You can email us, info at tourjunkies.com. We'd be more than happy to help you out. 
Um, but I'm, I'm excited about this. I'm excited to get a, a chance to bring a, a highly supportive, engaged TJ listener and reward them with a trip to Champions Retreat and uh, you know the chance to defend my, my, my net championship one-day member guest title. Which is not a major. It's kind of, you know, it's it's more like a, it's kind of like a John Deere classic level tournament. I at think the club. it'll be a really fun day though. Like it'll it's be not a like fun too, day. Oh, too we'll serious. Dinner yeah, the night before. Fun. It's gonna yeah. be yeah. And Champions is just such a good spot to be at. So yeah. By the way, I did get to play. Shout out Jason Raymond. This is what we tell you know. This is awesome, man. One of the things, and I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on this. One of the things I love about Tour Junkies is how many. The guys we get to meet, the people we get to meet, it's so cool. Got an email from Jason a couple weeks ago. He's like, hey, man, my wife's in town. She's going to be working in Augusta. We're from Kansas City. I wanted to play some golf. I know you're in the area. Would love to hook up. If we could play, that'd be awesome. And you know what? We treated him to a day of Champions Retreat. So, actually, he got he got the treatment without even having to do the contest, which good for him. Sucks for everybody else. But I, I met up with Jason. We played on Saturday morning. Pretty good golfer. Um, you know, it was good to see, and, uh, you know, he had a little swag, Pat. I don't know if you noticed the video I put up. He had some nice, you know, some nice socks going on. I saw that. That was good He looked kind of put together. Um, yeah, he, he was he was a good dude, really good dude, good golfer. Shout out, Jason. And for sure, if you guys yeah, are ever you know, in the area, hit us up. Yeah, and by the way, in the area, you know, David thinks that, you know, Tour Junkies is only in Augusta. If you happen to be in Savannah also – uh, you can hit me up, and I would would love to try and make it work out where we can play together. So, yeah, the advice uh, the advice for that would be to be persistent, you know, because you you're counting on Pat to look at emails and Twitter messages, which is uh, you, there's other things you could count on that would be more reliable. But yeah, sure, try that. Good luck to anybody who makes it to Savannah to play golf with Pat. Um, all right, I think that's it for that announcement. I'm really excited about that. Now, along along with uh, you know, if you're traveling. You know, if we're going to put you on an airplane and you're traveling to Augusta, you know what you you know what you can't forget, Pat? Mm-mm. You can't forget your nutsack. I take my nutsack everywhere with me. <laughs> <laughs> nutsacks are the perfect bags for your everyday carry. They are made in the USA, American waxed canvas. American leather and American labor, all right? Strongly water-resistant, lifetime guarantee. Now, these are bags for the everyday man. And now, let me tell you how Pat and I are going to be using our, well, how, how especially Pat is going to use his nutsack. Um, see, Pat is quite irresponsible with nice things. It's hard for him to have nice things. So, because he's, and it was weird as he's so freaking OCD, but yet he's so, he just loses crap. He lost our head cover, which really pisses me off because it's like a one-of-a-kind head cover. Anyway, Pat just recently had his laptop broken by his monster dog. That I've been to Pat's house twice, and every time I've been to Pat's house, every four minutes his dog jumps up on the counter, like the bar, like the <laughs> counter at the kitchen. But Pat left his laptop on the counter, and the dog knocked it over, and now it's done. So guess what? Tour Junkies gets to buy Pat a new laptop. Well, me a new laptop, and I'm going to get Pat my old one. But I have told Pat that when you get when you get the new laptop to you, it is time to put that in the in your nutsack and zip it up when you're not using it and keep it nice and safe, okay? Because no more busted up laptops. And the nutsack is a perfect opportunity to do that. The product comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. It is a rugged, very durable bag that you can beat the hell out of, even, even you, Pat. Um, and I think that that... 
I think that's going to be a very nice, uh, a very nice addition to your wardrobe like, as well. It's going to make you yeah, look I feel good. like they're good looking. I feel like the computer is going to be really snug in my nutsack, which is good. Which is really yeah. good. Um, good things tend to come from your nutsacks. You know, uh, computers that aren't broken and children. So right now, Nutsack is offering listeners five dollars off their first purchase. It, they're just basically, hey, we'll buy you a beer if you buy the Nutsack, right? Uh, and and that's that's you receive your five dollar discount. You visit Nutsack.com. That's N-U-T-S-A-C, N-U-T-S-A-C.com. And uh, you know, don't add the K. Don't don't do that. Nobody nobody wants to see that. N-U-T-S-A-C. And use promo code Tour Junkies at checkout. They have duffel bags, satchels, uh, all kind of fun sacks for for yourself. Um, and they're very classy. It doesn't sound real classy the way we're presenting it, but they they are very very classy bags. Um, and so go and I'm, check, I'm check them out. out. You will you will. And please, if you do get one, there. use promo code Tour Junkies. It makes us look good. You know, actually, Father's Day is coming up. We just finished Mother's Day, so Father's Day is coming up. That'd be a great time. To maybe you know repay your dad with a really nice nutsack. So let's check that out, uh, Pat. I think it's time. I think the people are waiting. We're, we've been long enough into this thing. Let's get to the uh, course breakdown for the PGA Championship. It's an important one. It is a very important one. Let's let's hear what you got to say about it, buddy. Yeah. So uh, let's get to the course breakdown. So we are at Beth Page Black this week in Farmingdale, New York, which is just outside of New York City. Let me just say this course is just an absolute beast, but I love it. I think it's a great major championship course. We've seen it only really four times before. So in two majors, so in the 2009 U.S. Open, the 2002 U.S. Open, and then also uh, the Barclays event, which is near the end of the year in the uh, part of the FedEx Cup playoffs. They played it in 2012 and then 2016. So we've seen it four times, but it's definitely not one that's on the regular rotation. Uh, as far as the course itself, it's playing as a par 70 this week, p- playing at 7,459 yards. So like I said, it's an absolute beast, very long. You got Poana Greens. So we're back to Poana, like we see on the West Coast. And, you know, when you're up north, uh, they tend to do better uh, in your in your cooler climates, which is going to be important this week. We're going to get a cooler week. You know, they I don't think when they picked the schedule or when they when they moved the PGA Championship to um, where it is now, I don't know if uh, New York was the best place for that, uh, but it is what it is. But we're going to get a lot of rain. We got a lot of rain today. Um, it's going to soften up the course, um, I think make it play longer, um, maybe soften up the greens a little bit. But the thing with Poana Greens is they, they just – you never know what you're going to get. I mean, they just they can roll a little bit bumpy, especially in the afternoon. So I do like to look at guys who traditionally maybe putt well in Poana Greens. Now, it's not going to, putting stats are very random. You never know when somebody's going to get hot. Um, but I do think it's something to look at because Poana is one of those specific surfaces that you do see guys show up uh, year in and year out and, and playing well on those. Um, very tight fairways. One of the biggest things we've, we've heard really going into this championship is what, how is it going to play? Is it going to play more like a PGA championship, which is a little bit more scoring, or is it going to play more like a U.S. Open, which makes it, you know, typically makes their setups a little bit more difficult. I think I'm leaning more towards the U.S. Open style. I think it's definitely going to be very tight off of the, off the, um, 
tee. I think that the rough is going to be pretty heavy from what I've seen around the greens and also off the fairways. I think you're going to have a couple cuts. Uh, I think you're going to have a first cut that maybe is not too penal. So if you, if you miss the fairway by a little bit, I think you're going to be fine. But if you're just extremely wayward off the tee, I think it's going to be um, big trouble. Um, looking at the course itself, uh, you got two par fives out here. Number four plays at 517 yards, and uh, and then the next one's at 608 yards. The 517 par five, it make that doesn't sound like a whole lot, but that is a beastly hole. Like it is to a raised, elevated green that you can barely see from the fairway. So it's a tough shot if you were to try to go at that thing in two. So I wouldn't necessarily look at that as as you know a scoring hole, and and, and really, you look at these par threes as well. I mean they're all just incredibly difficult you've got they're playing 230 yards 210 yards one of them's playing 161 and then you got 207 yards so all difficult par threes um you know looking at past champs here so you had patrick reed he won the 2016 barclays and then nick watney won the 2012 barclays um but those two tournaments you know they played a little bit easier than you would see in a major um you know, in, in a major, actually in the 2009 U.S. Open, it was the first most difficult course on tour. In the 2002, it was also first. But at the Barclays, it was 12th and 15th. So played a little easier those years. Um, so there you go. I can see, I can, you know, now that we're on the live thing, I can see you're starting to get bored over there, David. So I'll, I'll uh, shoot it over to you. But I will give you my top stats for this week. Always looking Please at do. form. Definitely looking at strokes gained off the tee. I def the Bombers are going to have a, an advantage here. When you look at how soft this course is going to play and how long it is, there's a lot There's a lot of carries where you've just absolutely got to bomb it off the tee uh, to get it into the fairway. So I think that's going to be important. But ball striking as well. You look at a guy like Lucas Glover winning this thing in 2009, which is a week where they got a lot of rain. So... I mean, this isn't you can't just look at the bombers. Bombers. I do think you got to get guys that are hitting fairways and that are hitting greens. So I definitely am going to look at ball striking and then scrambling. These are smaller greens, so I think if you miss them, especially if you miss them into the bunkers, you want to look at that. Um, they're tough bunkers around these greens, so you want guys that can scramble, get it up and down. So I think that's important as well. And then maybe a little bit in, at par four scoring. Just it's something I tend to lean towards when we get to par seventy. So there you go. That's the course breakdown for the PGA Championship. David, what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think it's a, it's obviously going to be a, a test. Um, I do, I think it's I don't think it's going to be like the U.S. Open. Uh, I do think it leans more to the U.S. Open playability and difficulty than it would a normal you know PGA Championship. Um, oh, wait a minute, hold on, hold on, hold on. We got late breaking. Late breaking wow, caddy insight right here. We just got a text from a caddy on the golf course, and this is the quote. The rough is, all caps, brutal right now. The fairways are perfect, and the greens are perfect. With all this rain, I think there will be some good scores out there, but you just need to hit a lot of fairways. Uh, so that's some, that's some caddy insight. Now listen. Um, hey, read that next one that just oh, came. Oh, hold on, through. hold on. We got some more. There will need to be there will need to be spotters on every hole because I could see balls being lost just five yards off the fairways. So, so this is not a, much of a first cut, which I just said. Yeah, it's a little bit reminiscent. <laughs> it's, like really, 
a little bit reminiscent of the Aaron Hills narrative, except Aaron Hills was super wide. I mean, if you remember at Aaron Hills U.S. Open a couple years ago, your ball yeah, was these lost aren't very wide stuff, fairways. but these, these aren't wide. So, um, you know, I, I definitely think – I think priority number one is to get in the fairway, but if you can find the guy that's also got a little bit of length, obviously that helps. I and mean, we always know that every week bombers have an advantage if they're also hitting it straight. But I, I think the key is going to be – Guys getting it in play off the fairway. Um, now, I will say this. While we've got caddy insight rolling in, uh, we've got about six caddies on the grounds right now and a couple players that we stay in touch with that we'll likely hear from uh, before lineup lock or before you can you got to lock your bets in on Thursday. So chances are we're going to hear some other stuff. So uh, you're going to want to you're, you're gonna want to um, – what is going on? What's he saying? <laughs> All right, hold on. We're getting more. We're getting more breaking news from the same cat. This is also, highly unusual for the podcast. Also, breaking news. Of... In my observations from walking the course today, there's a significant difference between the tour guys and the t-shirt folders as far as playing golf goes. So <laughs> we didn't. Uh, so we, don't be taking any of the. Yeah, uh, we, the we didn't the... say this, but obviously in the PGA Championship every year you've got uh, PGA professionals who are led into this thing. You can go ahead and scratch them off the list, um, but. What I was going to say is, like, by Wednesday night, whether it's in the chalk bomb or it could be a last-minute email um, that, that may go out from us, be sure and subscribe. Um, you know, we'll, we'll pass on any information that we can that we get last minute from some of these guys on the ground. So it does seem like, obviously, the course has gotten a ton of water. Um, it's been raining a ton, so the course is soft. It looks like it's going to dry up just in time for the tournament come Thursday, but I think that's a big factor. Um, with the fairways being much softer, you know, it, it, I still like a guy that can get it out there a little bit. I mean, I don't want him dinking and dunking his ball, even if he's in the fairway. You just got such long approaches into these small greens. Uh, the shorter clubs they can have in hand, the better. Uh, I think I heard Bryson DeChambeau today say he hit a lot of four irons into greens today. It was a long course. So uh, it's interesting. It's, it's really interesting. I, I think it's, uh, it's going to test these guys all the way through. I think the POA greens is something I'm going to look at. You know, you talked about being POA. I'm looking at long-term guys who putt well on POA. When I like to, when I look at that, I look at like 100 rounds or more. I want to see the long-term guys who are comfortable on POA green surfaces. So that's one thing I looked at. Strokes gained off the tees, another thing. Strokes gained approach and opportunities gained um, are obviously your iron stats that really that really need to be dialed in here. Those are really the main stats that I'm weighing. I do think sand sand guys is important. I'm not really looking at the stat more so like. Just guys who I know play well out of bunkers and, and guys who don't. There's 75 bunkers here. The quote from a writer is, bunkers are large, deep, and difficult. So, I mean, it's basically like the Amy Schumer of bunkers. So she's large, deep, and she's difficult. So I think you gotta be you got to be aware of guys. Guys are going to be in these traps, and there's a lot of them greenside. So you miss these greens hitting from 200 away. you got to be able to get up and down and save par um, or, or not turn a bogey into a double or a triple. So I think that's important, um, and uh, let's see what else. Uh, so, I'm, but I'm not really weighing in scrambling. I know some guys are talking about that. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not really weighing that in. I, to me, it's more tee to green, being comfortable on POA, and I don't really care that much about the history, Pat. I don't know if you really. I mean, I know the Barclays thing and the and the U.S. Opens is interesting, but to me, it's just going to be a little different setup different time of year these guys are in different places i'm not really caring a whole lot about the history um it's a lot about recent form so um 
that's yeah I, I'm with you I don't think it's something sorry I, um, I had to I had to google Amy Schumer um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah I mean I, I think it's it's not something like I'm I'm like definitely focused on like I normally would be I mean I, I do like course history I know that's always debatable but um, yeah I mean you're looking at 2016 as the last time they played here definitely set up a lot different um, which you can see. I mean, when, when, I, when I mentioned that, you know, t- played 12th most difficult in 2016 and then 15th in 2012 versus first, both times it, it was close to the U.S. Open. So it was easier then. It played a little bit different. Now, I may look at it when it comes, when I'm maybe, if I'm like looking at two guys that, especially maybe cheaper plays that, that I might want to look at, you know, and say, well, you know, this, this guy played better or, or has some experience here i may take a look at that but yeah it's not going to be you know something that i'm zeroed in on this week so I, I read a quote from the chief championship officer i'm not really sure how you get that job but carrie haig is the chief championship officer here at the pga championship and he said fairway widths are the same as they were in 2009 and not super generous and they expect the rough to be somewhere around three and a half to four inches long uh, it sounds like it could be. It, plus, with all the rain, that stuff's going to be thick. It's going to be pretty. It's going to be pretty gnarly. Um, and, and I think we'll, you know, unless they come out and cut it on Wednesday, which I doubt. It sounds like it's going to be pretty nasty. So, it's going to be interesting. It is a major championship week. Obviously, we talk a lot about DraftKings. So, you've got a lot of contest offerings on DraftKings. I think contest selection and lineup construction is key. You know, we get a lot of we got a, we get a lot of new people that listen to us during weeks where we have major championships. So I tr- we try to educate the new folks a little bit and not bore the the veterans to death. But I think contest selection is key. And if you're starting out uh, or if you don't really play DFS a lot, be careful what you're getting into in terms of contest. The Millie Maker uh, is an interesting contest. I don't usually play a whole lot. I might have five lineups in the Millie Maker. Uh, I much prefer some of the other GPPs with larger buy-ins and smaller, uh, you know, less people in them. But we're going to talk a lot about GPPs, uh, tournaments, so you're going to have to differentiate. Honestly, I think above anything, ownership is probably the, the most important thing if you're playing tournaments with, uh, you know, with a 1,000 entries or more. I think ownership is probably the most important stat. It, it means more to me than stats. And so come Wednesday night, checking out FanshareSports.com. If you are playing in tournaments, whether it's on DraftKings or FanDuel or wherever, uh, FanshareSports.com is where we go to check out ownership. Uh, they do all the listening of the podcasts, all the watching of the YouTube videos, all the reading of the articles and the tweets and all that stuff. And they tell you who's getting talked up and who is not. Uh, we've been working with Fanshare for years now, and they're offering a 20% off promo um, to our listeners, whether you subscribe weekly, monthly, or annually, if you use promo code TourJunkies, it's promo code TourJunkies at FansharesSports.com. And if you use the the annual membership, they also do the NFL. So if you like playing tournaments on daily fantasy for the NFL, you got you get to do you get to do it year round. It's a win win for you. So FansharesSports.com promo code TourJunkies gets you twenty percent off. I think ownership's the biggest thing, man. I mean, I just. I just think it's going to be a big deal. Um, yeah, that's that's it for me. Anything else for you on the course breakdown? Or any advice to the newbies? What would your advice be to the new DFSers out there, Pat, that are dipping their toe? Because they're excited because Tiger is back in the field since winning the Masters, and they're pumped, and they want to blow a few, you know, a, a little bit of their hard-earned money. What would you tell the new folks? 
Um, I would tell you that you don't have to, you know, if you want to play Tiger, play him. If you're just you're just coming in and you, you like watching Tiger, then then play the guy. But uh, I agree with you on the ownership. Um, I also would say if you got a little cash, now you may talk about this later, but uh, you, you got to be a member of FantasyNational.com. But, you know, that's just me. Yes. That's where I get all my stats from, so... Well, you know, I mentioned the opportunities gain stat. I don't know. Did you mention that or not? I kind of checked out on that. I did not mention that. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm looking at opportunities gain, which is a proprietary stat to Fantasy National Golf Club. We're friends with the boys at Fantasy National, and um, I love that stat. It basically measures how many times a guy hits it within 15 feet in regulation or under regulation and gives himself an honest chance for a birdie or an eagle. And I think that really shows you who's hitting the ball well, who's striking it well, that stat came to Fantasy National, or the idea for that stat came to Fantasy National through a PGA Tour player. Uh, it's just a fantastic tool, and that's just one of the. That's just a small percentage of the things you can do at Fantasy National. So again, if you're not a member there, fantasynational.com/tj is how you join fantasynational.com/tj. All of our stats, everything that we talk about from a stat perspective, comes right off of fantasynational.com/tj. Now, Pat, are you ready? Do you have any other pieces of advice, or was that just a stall? What are you doing? I was stalling because I'm ready to get into the picks. Okay. So, there you go. Uh, all right. We have not talked about our picks. We have not gone over our picks. Uh, we have not listened or consumed any other content surrounding this thing other than, you know, the stuff about the golf course. So we're going to give you – we're going to start uh, over on DraftKings. We're going to start in the 9K and above range – um, and we're going to give you, what are we going to give you? Three GPP plays, a cash play, and a fade. Um, Pat, let's get into it, buddy. I'll give you mine. I'll start. I am glad Justin Thomas withdrew because I was tempted to take Justin Thomas, uh, just from a just pure ownership perspective, tempted to take JT. Um, but I, I'm glad he withdrew. You got Tiger Woods right there at the top at 11-3. I think it's an I think it's a must-fade if you're playing tournaments. I know I said this for the Masters. This feels like a broken record. I said it for the Masters um, that you needed to fade Tiger. You said, nay, you should consider playing Tiger if you want to play him for the Masters. And you you correctly, for the first time, maybe in four years, predicted his ownership. You you felt like for the Masters he may be a little under-owned, more under-owned than we thought, around 13 or so percent, which he was. Uh, and, and I don't know if that's the case for the PGA or not. I have a feeling that it's going to be higher than that coming off the win at the Masters. But uh, nonetheless, I just to take Tiger at, at 11-3 at the top price or even to bet him at the top of the betting market, is you're likely not getting a fair deal um, to his true odds to win. So I think, first of all, he is my fate. I'll go ahead and get that out of the way. At 11-1... Uh, I am interested in some Dustin Johnson. You know, I, I hear driving the ball well here is is very important. So, uh, DJ's driver is his best weapon, and if you give me a, if you give me fairways that are reasonable width and you know a, a soft golf course where he doesn't have to worry about the ball rolling through the fairway into that nasty stuff that our caddy friend just told us about. I love the length off the tee. Uh, for DJ, I love the iron play lately, and, and he's actually fourth in this field in strokes game putting on Bermuda, on sorry on POA surfaces over the last hundred rounds. We know he loves POA; he does so well on the West Coast where you find a lot of POA surfaces. So I really like DJ uh, at 11-1, and I think the pricing 
is soft enough, especially on DraftKings, that you can pair him up. You, you can start up here. I think the balanced lineup approach, starting at the low 10s, or, or actually not even low 10s now that JT's out, but starting at the $9,000 range is going to be the more popular play. I think more people are going to do that in large tournaments. And so I think if you want to be a little contrarian, you can start with a couple guys up here at the top. And there are still some, some names down in the 6K range that we can get into that can pair nicely with a DJ or a Rory if you want to do it. I'm going to plant my flag on DJ. Um, I feel like he'll come in a little lower on than Rory. I feel like Rory's form's been a, a touch better winning the players. Uh, DJ's been a little a little off here lately by by his standards. So I'm going DJ at 11-1. Then I'm dropping down pretty significantly, and I'm taking the last two boys here in this 9K range. Uh, or I, I'm sorry, two of the last couple guys. Tommy Fleetwood at 9,200. I love where Fleetwood comes in here. Checks the box and strokes gained off the tee. Uh, not a bad putter on POA. You know, not great, but not terrible. Irons have been a little lackluster by his standard, but he's still a fantastic ball striker. Hits it pure, doesn't miss a lot of fairways, and I think in conditions like this where, you know, maybe on the weekend we see a little rain, a little bit of wind, wet golf course, I like how he could play here at 9,200. Love the value for Fleetwood. And then Xander Shoffley at 9,100. I love Xander. I, you know I love Xander. I play Xander frequently, and I'm not going to stop him now. I think he's an absolutely... Perfect play. He checks all the boxes. Strokes gained off the tee. Strokes gained approach. Opportunities gained. Putts well on POA. He's 22nd in this field in strokes gained putting uh, on POA over the last 100 rounds. I, I just I think Xander's an absolute stud. He's a big game hunter. He loves majors. Um, and at 9,100, that's a steal. Uh, so I love Xander. I would play him in cash, but I think if I'm going to nail down a cash play, I'm going to go with Brooks. I I really like Brooks a lot this week, even though the, the, the stats aren't perfect. But we know how Brooks shows up for majors. We, we just know how – you all right over there, buddy? You good? Um, we know we know how Brooks shows up for majors, and I, I just feel like he's, he's, a, he's a lock to do well here again. I'm just going to fade him in tournaments because I do think he'll also be a little high-owned up there with Tiger. So, uh, but, but Cash, I love him. I'm not a complete fade on Brooks. I'm a complete fade on Tiger. I'll go ahead and say it. I'm a complete fade on Tiger. Brooks is my cash play. What well, I don't you? mind. I don't mind the Tiger fade. I, I, I mean, I think he is going to be higher end than I than I think he was at the Masters. So I agree with you there. Um, as far as uh, the GPP plays, I'm totally with you on DJ. I mean, that that's he's my top guy. I mean, I, I love him. Is he now? You know, like you you said. I mean, he checks all the boxes as far as stats. I looked at that putting on Poana. Um, so he definitely checks the box there. I mean, I know I mentioned that history is not a huge deal, but he did finish third here back in 2012, so we, we have seen him play well on this course. So I like that. And also Fleetwood. I was kind of I'm a little bit surprised. I thought maybe I'd be a little bit different than you on Fleetwood. But as you mentioned, he's a wow. great ball striker. You know, so a great ball striker. Checks the box in scrambling for me. He's actually got sneaky, you know, good driving distance. You know, it's not like he, he's not he's not a short knocker out there. I mean, he is he's actually top twenty in the field right now over the last twenty four rounds. Yeah, Fleetwood in, in can move distance. it. He can yeah, move so it. So he can get it out there. Also in par for par four scoring, he checks the box there, and he's a good bunker player. I mean, you look at you know we talked about Fantasy National. One of their stats is is sand saves gained. He's seventh in the field there. So Ooh. I mean, Fleetwood just really checks everything you want him to do and 
look, that's a guy that, that can win a major. I mean, he's ready. He can do it. We've seen it before um, that he's contended. So I'm, I'm totally with you on Fleetwood. Um, the other guy I'll say that I really like is John Rahm. And I feel like I just cannot quit this guy in majors. And I'm, I'm probably never going to be able to because, look, he's still young. He definitely, I think this course could be frustrating for him if he's not hitting fairways and he gets himself into trouble and he's not listening to his caddy, which we've seen uh, at the TPC. I think that could be um, maybe a little bit of a problem. But when you just look at the stats, I mean, he's, he's a good ball striker, top 12 in the field. He's third in strokes gained off the tee, definitely has a distance. He's top 10 in, in, in driving distance. Uh, 11th in par four scoring. So I think that, you know, Rom is certainly a player um, and he's probably going to be a little bit lower owned. I mean, I, I like where I, I feel like he's going to be lower owned. I mean, I could be wrong there, but um, yeah. I like some Rom at 9,500, um, you know, right there in between Molinari and Ricky Fowler. Um, by the way, Molinari is interesting to me because he is not checking any boxes, just none. And he's going to come into this tournament literally under the radar again. And he has just been fantastic in majors. He obviously is is good as far as hitting fairways and things like that, but I, I'm I don't I I just want to see where his ownership is later in the week. And even though he's not checking a whole lot of boxes, he doesn't have that distance off the tee. Um, I don't know. He could be a guy that interests me a little bit, but I, I'm not gonna. I'm just I'm just saying. Uh, as far as my cash play, I think because of a lot of the reasons you mentioned with some guys that we can get in, in the in the 7K range and maybe even in the 6K range, I think DJ is a, is a really good cash play. I'm fine with playing him uh, at 11-1. I still think you can put a very solid lineup playing him in cash, so I do like some DJ there. Uh, I, you know, I can, you're, you're probably just rolling your eyes and everything. Yeah, I, you don't have to play DJ in cash, Pat, is what I'm saying. Like, I don't understand why we we ha- we have this discussion. Like, I just think he's too high priced. You don't have to go that high. You just need six guys to make the cut. By the way, when we say cash, we mean fifty fifties and double ups is what we're talking about in DFS. And I just don't think you have to. You, you need to go that high. You just. I know there's some value down below, and we've talked about that already or, or, or alluded to it. But I don't. I don't think you dip down there in cash. So I I just can't believe you want to pay what you want to pay for dj in cash look i mean if i'm gonna get him and he's probably i mean i think he can win the tournament which is is one reason i want to play him in cash but then also you don't have to have the winners you don't have to have the winner in cash i know you don't but there's plenty there's plenty of value down below i think the guy can is going to score a ton out there for you i mean look i just i don't think you have to fade a guy that's just just because he's high priced in cash I just don't feel like that's something you have to do, especially when you got a field like this where you can get a guy like freaking Sergio at 7,900, Ben On, another really good player, is freaking at 7,100. I mean, these are there's some good players in this field that you can get cheap, and if I can fit DJ into a lineup, a guy who's the best player in the world or one of them, then I'm fine with doing that in cash. I'm okay with it. <sighs> All right, my advice to the listeners. Uh, you- Playing in 50-50s and double-ups. You get frustrated ups. with that every time. We've I got, know. This it, is like a month ago. We got in the same conversation. And, you, and you know, I think I had more people tweeting at us that I was right than you were. But just saying, most, most of the sharp people were. Well, statistically, I'm drumming you in cash this this, this year. So I, I think you should listen to me. But I, And I would not play DJ 11-1. I would save. 
I would save the 700 bucks and go with Brooks and not have to touch the 6K. Okay, well, either way. Let's go, moving on to the fade. And, and you, may, you may be, I don't know, you might argue with me on this one, but I'm going to fade some uh, Rory McIlroy this week at 10-9. Mm. Look, and you know I love, I love Rory. You freaking I love, love Rory. Every week. And he's got That's all the That's a big stats, fade so for you, you buddy. We'll throw out the stats. I, I mean, I know he's going to check boxes for, for everyone. I mean, obviously, he's great off the tees, great ball striker, everything. Um, but I do think his ownership is going to be pretty high this week. And, you know, I haven't really seen him contend all that much in a major. I mean, lately, like, when when has he really shown anything? I mean, I know he's kind of backdoored it a little bit, maybe in a few majors recently, but... Other than that, I mean, well, he's, I just feel like yeah. I mean, if you look at he finished twenty first at the Masters. He he missed the cut at the PGA last year. He finished second at the Open Championship and finished fifth at, at Augusta. Um, so he's kind of been boomer bust, which is not really what you want for Rory. I kind of get it. Like, you, if you're gonna pay ten nine and you're gonna have Rory, you want the obviously boom upside, which he could win this thing by six strokes and just run away with it. But you also want a, a better floor, and for him lately, the floor in majors has been, you know, has not been the top 20s that you want. They're the top 15s that you want. It, they've been worse than that. So I don't hate the fate. I mean, I think it's, you, you, you know, we talk about this every time when we come to a major. You can't play them all. You, you just can't play them all. So, you know, it's you have to find a reason to fade some of the best players in the world, and it sucks to do. Another thing I'm looking at with Rory is strokes game putting on, on POA. Over the last 100 rounds, he is 108th in this field in strokes game putting on POA. So that's maybe that's another reason. I mean, the ball striking is incredible, but he can't putt on POA, or at least he doesn't like to. So I'm not, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Well, and, you know, he didn't typically – I don't know if you remember, but for a while he wouldn't even start his PGA Tour season until, like, the Honda Classic in, in the Florida To swing. avoid like, the POA. skip. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he would skip the entire West Coast. So, I, I don't know. I mean, that I agree. That kind of concerns me, too, as well. So, I don't know. Rory's going to be a fade for me this week. All right, I like it. I like it. All right, let's get to the AK range, Pat. Who do you like in the AK range? We're going to give you two GPP plays, a cash lock, and a fade. All right, so this range is interesting to me. Now, here's the thing. Like, I mean, I think you could actually make lineups without – having anybody in the 8k range i'm just saying because i think there's a lot of guys in here that they're extremely that are probably going to be pretty chalky um but that being said i will start with a guy who probably might be chalky but i I just love him and that's paul casey at uh 8300 i mean the guy's just he's he's been fantastic you look at his ball striking he's seventh in the field he's ninth in the field and strokes gained off the tee eighth in the field in, in driving accuracy. Um, also checks the box in strokes gain approach and uh, in par four scoring. I think, I mean, all around he's just been fantastic. So I have a hard time fading a guy like Casey. I think he, you know, even though he may have some higher ownership, I like him in both uh, both GPPs and cash. He would be my cash play here at 8,300. So I like some Casey. And you look at him, I mean, he's he – He's really been in good form. I mean, I mean, he just a few weeks ago at the Wells Fargo played really well. Another course that's very difficult. You got to hit fairways. There's some, you know, there can be some some decent rough off the off the tee or off off the fairways. So he played well there with a fourth place finish. So I like 
I like Casey. Also, another guy, Adam Scott at 8,100. I think he's just going to be low-owned, uh, a guy that's always typically, you know, shows up in majors, solid player, good ball striker. Um, you know, I think putting can be, you know, sometimes his issue, but, you know, I don't know. I think Adam Scott's going to be just sort of under the radar, a lower-owned guy that I, I, I like this week at 8,100. Um, so there, there's, uh, there you go. That's my, uh, my GPP plays and my cash play is, is Casey. My fade is going to be Tony Finau. I just don't mm. see it this week. Another bold fade. I like it. Look, I mean, here's the deal. I mean, Finau is obviously has a distance, but he is literally near the bottom of this field in driving accuracy. He's 138th in the field there. Um, he's 89th in par four scoring. We talked about bunker play. He's 91st in the field in sand saves. I mean, the guy just, I mean, and, and in scrambling, he's just not really very good around the green. So Finau worries me a little bit. I don't know if I want to pay up for a guy like that. Uh, and, and look, you know, I'm a big fan of Finau, but I think he's certainly going to have some ownership to him. So I'll oh, yeah. fade, uh, fade our boy Finau. I mean, I think Finau is going to be top three most popular plays in tournaments on DFS, period. And and I think kind of like Rory, he's had some finishes that aren't aren't great. So it's it's interesting. His form has not been amazing. I mean, even at the Wells Fargo just a couple weeks mm-hmm. ago, he off the tee lost a lot of strokes, and that's normally not the case for, for Tony Finau. Um, in fact, he's lost strokes in two out of his last three events. The only one he gained strokes in was a Masters. So... That's that's an interesting call for Finau, and I, I don't I don't hate it, especially with the popularity of Tony Finau. Uh, I'll I'll get going in the 8K range, and while we're on the topic of fades, my fade is right above him at Bryson DeChambeau. Uh, not a fan of Bryson uh, at this event and lately. Not checking the box in strokes gain putting on Poana. It's not his favorite putting surface. He's more of a Bermuda guy if you look historically at Bryson. Uh, and, and again, not really – I mean, Bryson was super hot early in the season and late last year. I mean, we, we saw how hot he was. I mean, he won me some money. I know we, we won him betting outright uh, at the Northern Trust. But he, he's, he's definitely cooled off. And, you know, not doing the things that he was doing really well, especially with his iron. His irons – his irons – you know, the iron play has gone down considerably here lately. Um, so I'm just not, and I don't want to pay the 8900 for Bryson, so I'm not, I'm not really interested. Uh, in terms of GPP plays, I love Patrick Cantlay. I can't avoid him here. And at 8200, he may be chalky. It's chalk I'm prepared to eat. He's just a ball striking expert. He hits it on the titties every single time. <laughs> And it just excites me to think about the fact that he's a player, and I think kind of like Tommy Fleetwood. To me, he's a player that is going to play well no matter what happens with the conditions. If the conditions are soft and wet, if the conditions are firm and fast, if the conditions are windy, if the conditions are rainy, if the conditions are perfect. Like, I just feel like he's a guy who's going to play well no matter what. He checks the box off the tee, checks the box with his iron, strokes gained approach, opportunities gained, all of that fun stuff. He's there. He's contended in big tournaments. He almost won the freaking Masters. Um, so, again, don't mind the popularity. I'm going to play him. The guy that I think should come in lower owned that I'll be playing in tournaments, and it's probably the first time I've played him all year, and that is Bubba Watson. 
at $8,000. Oh, my God. I am going to play some Bubba Watson. Obviously, checks the box and strokes gained off the tee. But, you know, shocked to find out, he actually, for a Baghdad, Florida boy, he checks the box in POA. He's 23rd in strokes gained putting on POA surfaces over the last 100 rounds. And he's, you know, he's, he's his recent form, excluding the players, is pretty freaking good for a guy at $8,000. 12th at the Masters, 4th at the Valspar. The players is where he had a hiccup, 56. That's not a course built for him. He's not a Pete Dye kind of guy. 17th at the Arnold Palmer, uh, 15th at the Genesis, 4th at the Waste Management. I mean, I, I, think, I think this is an interesting spot for Bubba Watson where he can really unload on the driver. He can be creative off the tee um, and, and come in, I think, under the radar. I don't think a lot of people are going to play Bubba. So I like him at 8K in, in tournaments. And then my cash play, you know who it is. It's a guy I've been riding every single week. And honestly, he's, he's doing it every single week, and that's Hideki. So even though his finishes aren't amazing, he's scoring well. Hideki is checking all the boxes that you need him to check. He's he's checking them. Um, even putting on Poa, he's not terrible. But Tita Green, Tita like, Green, he's like, lights out. I don't know how you avoid him. And and if come Wednesday night at Fanshare Sports.com says he's lower owned than a, than a Patrick Cantlay or a Bubba, I may pivot to him and kind of reverse things. Like if Cantlay's your chalk play, I might roll Cantlay in cash and go Decky in tournament plays. But for now. Uh, I feel like I'm going to play Cantlay. I mean, I love Cantlay here, even more so than, than I do Hideki. But I've I've played Hideki every single week, and I think the people that think Hideki is out of form right now are are not – it's just the putter. It's it's what we always wait on for Hideki with the putter, but his ball striking is so consistent. I think there is so, – I think he has the best chance of making a cut here than anybody in this field. Just as good a chance of making the cut as DJ has in making this cut. I just think he's that solid, Tita Green. And when you give him to me, eighty five hundred, I love him. Yeah, and I think he's probably going to have a little bit higher ownership, don't you think? At that eighty five hundred range. Yeah, I mean, I, but here's the thing with Hideki. I just like I don't know. Like he he just it almost seems like too obvious to to take him, and then. I don't know. I feel like he's gonna. He's just gonna disappoint you. Like, but it hasn't been. Look at look at his last two. Look, you said the same thing as last two events. Byron Nelson. You know what his average GPP ownership was at the Byron Nelson last week? Thirteen percent. The week before at the Wells Fargo, twelve percent. Like I don't know what's going on, but people still aren't buying it. Now the price dropped because obviously it's a strong field, so the price goes down. He continues to strike the ball really well. Maybe it goes back up. I don't know. I mean, he's sandwiched between Jordan Spieth, who nobody wants to touch with a 10-foot pole right now, Patrick Reed. Yeah, I mean, I like – So maybe he I will like be Hideki. more popular I this like, week. Maybe he will be more popular. I will say this. Like, I literally – like so we talk about all the time when we don't take – like, we don't talk about our picks beforehand and we don't listen to any shows and whatever. But, like, I'm sitting there looking at this and I'm like, well, I probably don't want to talk about Hideki because I know David is. <laughs> so, like, I'm like – it kind of immediately eliminates him from my, my pool, you know. Here, at least from the podcast, because I'm like, well, David's gonna talk about him anyway. So, um, I'm, I just, yeah, I'm okay. I I'm love, a, I'm okay with Hideki. You know, we talk about this all the time with predicting golf, man. I mean, it's the hardest sport in the world to predict, and the hardest aspect statistically to predict is putting. And 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 right now, his tee to green is just seems so predictable. It's so consistent, so solid. You just need some putts to drop for him. That's it. These are small greens. You know, if he hits the greens, he's not going to have long – he's not going to have stupid long putts. And, and these greens aren't really all that undulating. They're fast. 
but they're not all that undulating. And and I just feel like I don't know. I just feel like at any moment, his ball striking is good enough right now that if he could gain one stroke, putting, he could win this thing by four shots. I mean, I think it's just that good right now. So, all right, seven K. A lot of decisions to be made here. This is a tough, tough, tough range. This is likely where you can win and lose a tournament here. Uh, a lot of stuff to figure out. A lot of good names here. Uh, we're gonna try to give. We're just gonna try to narrow it down to our three favorite GPP plays, our cash lock, and two fades. Now, just because we don't name a guy doesn't mean we don't like him. But we try not to name thirty names a podcast. So if you have a question, I don't know. Maybe it'll come up in the chalk bomb, or maybe we'll do some content late on Wednesday night, and you can figure it out or slide up in our DMs, and we might try. We might have a chance to answer. We might not. But Pat, let's start off with you. Three GPP plays, a cash play, and a fade in the 7K range that is chock full of talent. Yeah, there's 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 a lot of talent here. This is a tough one to pick when you're only kind of you're you're only having a zero three GPP plays in the cash play. But I got to start with Sergio at 7900. Look, I mean, this is a guy who's been in, in his form has gotten better this year. Um, he's obviously a great ball striker, checks a box off the tee, also strokes gained approach, uh, and he's, he's done well on this course. I mean, year in and year out that they've played here, he has done extremely well here, um, and he's in good form. You know, he was fourth at the Wells Fargo just a few weeks ago, so I love Sergio at 7,900, and I know his ownership's probably going to be high, but I don't care. I'm still going to play him, and I'm going to play him in cash as well. I think he's a good cash play. I mentioned it earlier when we, we had the little – little tiff about uh, Dust, playing Dustin Johnson in cash. I think you can pair Dustin with Sergio and then go from there. But I, So I like him in both GPPs and cash. And then another guy who I've been on as he's just, just week in and week out the last three weeks, he's improved every single week when it comes to his finishes on tour and then also checking boxes. And that's Henrik Stenson at 7,900. I like him as well. Um, you know, look, a guy that he can sit there and hit the, you know, he's – He's, you got to hit driver off off these tees. He don't like holes, a driver. But he wants the three wood, baby. I know, but you know what? He's still he checks the box in driving accuracy, checks the box in ball striking. I mean, the guy's just. I mean, he's improved this year, and everybody's still looking at early on in the year when he wasn't so good. Um, but his play has gotten better and better, and so I like some Stinson. I think he's going to be low owned. I think people are going to have the reaction to him like you just gave me when I talked about him, and they're just being like, ah, I kind of want to throw up in your mouth talking about Henrik Stinson. But you know what? Solid player like that who's won a major before, yeah, I'll take him. I'll take him when I can get him in the 7K range. I don't care if it's at the upper end, so I like him. Uh, I mentioned Sergio as my cash play. And then finally, down, I'm going to go all the way down to the bottom, Ben on at 7,100. Now, look, now, he's been... A little injury concern, right? Yeah, but you know what? I, I still, I think that I think that that'll be something I'm going to be looking at later in the week. Now, obviously, we had the Leishman injury. Now, we could talk Leishman in this field, too, by the way, being in the 7K range. You know, he withdrew last minute. Yeah. But, uh, look, if... If Ben on is healthy and he tees it up come Thursday, I absolutely love where you look at him when it comes to the stats are concerned. I mean, the guy's a excellent ball striker. Checks the box and strokes gained off the tees. Twenty eighth in the field. He's eleventh in the field in driving distance, which you would not think with Ben on. I mean, I don't know. He just doesn't come across as a guy that's going to be like right up there in driving distance, but he is. 
He's second in the field in strokes gained around the green, so he's obviously a good scrambler. So everything really lines up where a guy like Ben On should play well on this course. And I think about, you know, like a tournament like Memorial where he's played really well in the past. And I think last year, wasn't he in a playoff last year? I don't know. But um, a course where you've got a lot of thick rough around the greens, you know, some, some kind of, I don't know. I just think hmm. it's, it's sort of a maybe a comparable type course. but Hard-hitting analysis I, I like here. Ben On. I think 7100 for Ben On is a great price. I love him in GPPs. So, there you go. We'll talk about my fades after your picks. All right. Well, I, you know, I'm going to give the people, well, let me, let me tell you this. I'll, I'll go Garcia in cash. I think that's the, the easy play in cash. It is a really strong value. I think he's going to be up there with Finau in terms of top ownership. I think he's going to be super high owned at 7,900. So for GPP purposes, for big tournament purposes, I'll fade. Uh, but the value is too good to pass up in cash. Now, in tournaments, I'm going to give you some low guys. I'm going to give you some low-priced guys that I think are undervalued on DraftKings. I think they're undervalued in terms of Vegas odds. Uh, I'm going to have a unit or two or three on, on, a, on a few of these guys. Uh, and I'm actually having a hard time narrowing it down. I have four, really, but I'm going to give you three. The first one is Rafa Cabrera-Bello at $7,300. Checks the box all the way through. Off the tee, approach. He's 25th in putting on POA over the last 100 rounds. Love Rafa at 7,300. He plays well in these strong tournaments and these big fields. Uh, love the savings that Rafa gives you as well. Uh, after that, I'm dropping down. I'm going Johnny V, 7,100. I think Johnny Vegas is quite the play. He's quoted as saying how much he likes this golf course. He's gained, I like Vegas. I like that play. He's gained like four. Stro- uh, he's fourth in the field in strokes gained off the tee, 23rd in the field in opportunities gained. He's been flying under the radar. He's got a really good recent form record. I mean, eighth at the Wells Fargo, third at the Players a couple weeks back, 16th at the Honda, another difficult track, 10th at the Waste Management on the West Coast, and this, you know, 15th at Northern Trust last year. So, I mean, the guy is playing really well, and I think he's confident. I think he's confident right now. $7,100 for a bomber who's in great form, whose iron play looks good right now on a course like this. To me, I'm, I'm a fan. So I'm, I'm liking Johnny V. And finally, also right there at 7100 I think Charlie Hoffman's going under the radar a little bit. You know, Charlie Hoffman had a rough start to the season for sure. But, you know, I mean, 18th at the Valspar, second at the Valero, obviously plays well at the Masters, finished 29th there. You know, the Heritage wasn't great for him, but that nor- it's really not that great for him. But Tita Green, he's pretty good. If the- I just think he's a solid play. He checks, he checks all the boxes pretty normally. He's even not bad on POA. So 7,100, I think this is a good little spot for these cheaper guys, the Hoffmans, the Vegas, um, Cabrera-Bella, those are my three GPPs. I will say, honorable mention GPP play, and I'm not going to get into it other than just ball striking and scoring ability, Keegan Bradley at 7,200. He was my honorable mention. So those are my GPPs. My, he keeps popping, and I don't know he's, why. He's popping, dude. That drives me now, I mean, I know why, because you can see it. I mean, on the, on, you could, I mean, if you're looking at the stats that, that we like, I mean, he pops, but God, it's I, just, know, I don't I know. Scares me. Now, in terms of fades, man, I gotta, uh, I don't know. Right now, I'm fading Charles Howell. I feel like 
and I played him last week when he withdrew. I had him in some lineups last week, which really hurt my feelings. But this should so be a, a that's a bold this, bold fade right there. Well, I, I withdrawal no okay, possible injuries. Okay, I think it is gonna I think it is gonna be a bold fade. Like I bet you Charles Howell is higher owned than you think because I mean. Who didn't withdraw last week? Like, a ton of guys withdrew last week. So there's going to be this thing of like, oh, well, yeah, he just withdrew because he wasn't playing good. He didn't feel great. He wanted to be prepare for the PGA. He's out. But at $7,000, there's going to be a lot of people that want to take Charles Howell. I don't think he's going to be that – I don't think he's that fadeable. I, th- I think there's still people that really want to play him. He obviously putts really well on POA. But, you know, the withdrawal, the last two missed cuts, he's kind of tailed off. But other than that, he should really fit this course. I mean, he's a ball striker. He's long. He loves POA. He should fit this golf course. But I don't know. Uh, maybe we find something out by Wednesday night that's interesting. And then I'm going to fade our other boy, Kevin Kisner. I mean, we had him on the show for the Masters. He talked about how impossible it was for him to win here. Now, that's Kiz, and uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't think it's a terrible play if you want to play Kiz, but I'm out. I hope he wins. I hope I'm completely wrong, but I'm out. Yeah, I'm, I agree. I mean, I think that he's another one that's probably an easy fade because he's already talked about the fact that he didn't uh-huh. think his course was for him. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go a little more bold here. I guess Pat's just going to have to be the one that goes out there, and I'm going to say that there's there's a couple guys here, and I know you probably like them. But uh, I'm going to fade some Jason Kokrak. I mean, mm. he's, look, he's played great this year. Checks the box and ball striking that you know off the tee and everything, but I think when you're getting into this 7K range and you're talking about a fade, what I start to lean towards is driving accuracy and that kind of stuff. When we hear like we heard earlier from a caddy where you've got to hit these fairways, you know, Kokrak is 67th in the field in driving accuracy, so not not great. I mean, you know, kind of middle of the pack there. Um, and then also when you look at uh, you know strokes gained around the green. Not checking the box there. A guy that just, I don't know, and he's been very popular all year long when it comes to to DraftKings and the ownership and everything because he has had a good year. I mean, I get it. But you you got to, like you said earlier, you can't play all these guys and you got to plant your flag somewhere. I think he's going to be higher owned than he should be. So I'm gonna I'm gonna fade some co-crack. Also, Cam Smith at 7,500. He's a guy that's been, yeah, typically been fairly popular this year. But I don't know why. I mean, you look at you know ball striking. He's 100th in the field. He's 100 130th in the field in strokes gained off the tee. 130th in fairways gained. So and he doesn't have he, he doesn't have driving distance. The only thing that he has going for him is his scrambling ability. He typically is a great scrambler around the greens. But I don't like Cam Smith at, at 7,500. By the way, bonus fade is probably going to be Gary Woodland for me. Ooh, I, I did not ooh. know that. I, that's a that's oh, a knife oh, for your oh, heart. Jesus. Oh Jesus! Oh Jesus! A knife for your evening. heart, David. Oh, okay. But just okay. saying. Okay. Okay. Calm down. I know you're. Are you okay? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't. I know. I, I like, fully agree with that, but. I mean, I didn't have him in my picks, but I don't fully agree with the fade. Anyway. All right. Is that it for you? You good? I'm good. Let's get a let's get a few six K picks and. Uh, All right, who do you like in the six K? Who's your who your who your boys? I think there's definitely some guys down here. There's definitely some guys. The two that I think are uh, most interesting for me, as far as GPP plays are concerned, one Corey Connors, a guy that we've seen play well this year. 
um, you know, and get a win. And he, and then he got a, not only did he get a win, but then he goes into the Masters and actually plays fairly well. His first time ever playing, you know, because he snuck in there with a win the week before. Yeah. But when you look at the stats, I mean, he's checking the boxes in ball striking, also strokes gained off the tee, strokes gained approach. Um, you know, has has decent accuracy. I mean, he's he's. 50th in the field and driving accuracy so i like that i mean i think Corey connors is a is extremely solid play you know when you look at form and everything else so i like him at 6800 and then dropping down a little bit i'm going to go with a european guy and that is uh eric van royen 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 evr baby evr yeah eric van royen yeah at 6700 i like him also you know, he's been solid on the European Tour this year. He's made 9 of 12 cuts, including three top 10s in his last five starts. So he's obviously in good recent form. Checks the box in driving distance, driving accuracy, strokes gained off the tee. So I think he could be a, a, a kind of a good little sneaky European Tour play uh, down here in the 6K range. So there you go. Those are, those are my... Too. And I, I, there's several more that we could go with here, but uh, yeah. those are the two that really pop the most as far as tournament plays. Uh, I'm going JB Holmes, which is normally your boy, but you normally like him when he's like 9000 I love him at $6,600. You get a bomber who can hit it all right. He plays pretty good with POA greens. He's 33rd in the field in strokes game putting on POA. Um yeah, I, I think I think JB Holmes is interesting. Uh, hasn't played really great, but as we saw with his win earlier at the Genesis this year, that doesn't really matter because he came off yeah, it doesn't. a handful right. of missed cuts. But sixty six hundred dollars is the key. Like, it's it's the, the the ability for him to return value is a lot easier than it has been in other tournaments. But uh, so I like him, and then I think I think why not ride the heater that Scott Piercy's on with, with playing 70, yeah, 72 okay holes. With no bogeys at $6,500, like, Jesus. And we've also seen him play well. He's played in well a, in majors. Uh, he, he almost won the U.S. Yes. Open a couple years ago with uh, yes. against DJ. I mean, he's he checks the box and strokes gain off the tee and approach and opportunities gained. He's not a great POA putter, but, I mean, dang. I mean, like, why not ride the form at 6500 I think that's an interesting play. I mean, not to mention that, you know, he finished runner-up at the Byron Nelson, but he finished third at the RBC Heritage. That's a golf course where you better hit fairways. So Scott Piercy, you know, flashing some form. I mean, the RBC Heritage, arguably the tightest fairways on the PGA Tour. The Byron Nelson at Trinity Forest, the widest fairways on the PGA Tour, and he finished second and third. It's like the game is versatile, and obviously he's feeling good right now with, with two top three finishes in his last two starts. So I think Piercy at 6,500 with that kind of upside is really, really solid. So, yeah. I agree with you. There. I like him. I have him down listed, but you know we can't play everything. Yeah, I mean, other than that, I kind of think Fratelli is interesting at sixty three hundred. So I, I, I think he's he's an interesting play. Uh, you know, he's been playing a lot on the PGA Tour. He's he's been competing with these big boy fields. You know, not a lot of top tens to speak of, but also making a lot of cuts. So at fifty three at sixty three hundred, I think Fratelli is the last guy I would go with. All right, let's move on to one and done, Pat. I'm going to make this pretty easy. Uh, I'm going DJ. I haven't used DJ yet, and I love DJ here. Golf course where driving is the key, so I'm going DJ. Who's your one and done? Wow. Um, well, it was DJ. I feel like. Well, I go DJ. I should. I mean, you're up on me. It doesn't I, matter. 
Yeah, it doesn't really matter. So yeah, I'm, I think I'm. I'm okay. Uh, yeah, I'm, DJ is my guy. Before we get to the chunk and run, which is awesome tonight, by the way, uh, I gotta say, mybookie.ag, they're putting out some really nice bets for the PGA Championship. You got first round leader bets, uh, obviously outright winners, top five, top tens, and top twenties. Uh, but they've got tournament matchups, head-to-head, round matchups, and even the old PGA three-ball uh, bets are available. So if you've not signed up at mybookie.ag, you could do so. Uh, mybookie.ag is the website. Promo code Tour Junkies when you sign up. Now here's the thing: when you sign up and use promo code Tour Junkies, first of all, it's just a nice thing to do. It helps us out, makes us look good. But it'll give you a 50% deposit bonus on your money up to $1,000. So if you put in $100, it's going to give you $150 to play with. Now, here's what you need to know. For any online site like this, you will be required to meet a rollover requirement. Every site on the internet requires said rollover requirement. If you read about it and you don't want to do it, all you have to do is chat my bookie and tell them, hey, I just set up my account, don't want the rollover. Fine. You don't have to have it. It's that easy. Very simple. We've we've made deposits into my bookie. We've also withdrawn from my bookie. Pat has withdrawn a number of times from my bookie. It's super easy. And let me tell you this too. They take care of Tour Junkies referrals. We've been with these guys for a couple of years now. We have direct access to their leadership, to their uh, odds makers. They've listened to us about some of the golf offerings. It's a great relationship with my bookie. If you guys have any questions, concerns, problems, issues, please reach out to us via email. Twitter DM, Instagram DM, and and we promise you, my bookie will take care of it. But they have always taken care of our people. We have never had uh, anyone with a with a with a bad taste in the mouth. So if you want to do some sports betting, and obviously golf is is on there, but the, you can literally bet on all kind of stuff. Mybookie.ag. We know that they take care of our folks, and they have for two years. So, mybookie.ag. Use promo code Tour Junkies. You got to deposit at least fifty bucks. All right, at least fifty bucks. But check out the PGA Tour offerings. More to come on that. Uh, with the chalk bomb and the article that'll go up on the website tourjunkies.com by Wednesday. So, Pat, it is that time. We're going to wrap up the PGA Championship podcast with a little chunk and run segment. It's a good one tonight. If you guys aren't familiar, the chunk and run segment we do at the end of every podcast. And it's one question random about anything golf related and one question random about anything not golf related. And we need the listeners, we need you people and your creative brains to send us some questions that you want to hear answered on the podcast, you can email them to info at tourjunkies.com, info at tourjunkies.com. Email us some chunk and run questions, and we'll get them on the podcast. All right, Pat, tonight, this is a fun one. If you were to be reincarnated as a PGA Tour player, who would you want to be reincarnated as and why? Also, if you were to have your co-host reincarnated, who would you? Who would it be, and why? Now we did exclude Tiger in this. We excluded Tiger because that's just easy. Let me just pull up to Beth Page on my twenty million dollar yacht. Uh, that would be an easy one. So we excluded that. Pat, what do you? Uh, what? What you? What you got for me? Or what do you got for you? Who? Who are you being reincarnated as, and why? So if if I were being reincarnated as a tour player, it would be Rory McIlroy. That would that huh. would be. Okay. I just I just want to know what. First off. First off, he's Irish, and so like he has the immediate excuse where if he gets drunk or whatever in public and that's <laughs> ridiculous, he can just say that's like, good. "Well, I'm Irish." Strategic thinking on okay. your part, yeah. So there's there's some. Strategic I'm Irish. I'm there. a belligerent drunk, all the time. Yes, at any and moment. Also, okay, I get it. But also, I would just love 
for just to be able to feel what it's like to hit a ball like he can, oh. not only off the tee, oh. but yeah. with his iron play, everything else. I mean, the guy is just to me one of the the, the best just swingers of the golf club, and just just everything he can do with a, with a golf club is is amazing to me. And I think he's the best in the world when he's when his game is on. I think he's the best in the world. And when I'm talking about firing on all cylinders, putting everything else, and I would just love to have that feeling once in my life. So yeah, that's who. So Rory would be my guy. That would be my guy. Okay. Um, do you want me to give who I think? I guess you should be reincarnated. Sure, go ahead. This would be this should be good. I want you to be reincarnated as Kevin Kisner. Oh, and that's I that's love that. Multi- I freaking love multiple that. reasons. Multiple reasons. One, and I kind of went back and forth. Like I actually started with Brian Gay. <laughs> that was who I started with, <laughs> and I moved towards Kevin Kisner because Kevin Kisner is cool as shit to hang out with. Yeah. He's a great guy. A lot like me already. Fun. Uh-huh. I, I don't know what Brian Gay's like, but I know that Brian Gay and Kevin Kisner can hit fairways, and that's really what I was like Aww. thinking about at first. Thanks, I was bud. like, I just want I want my boy David hitting. I, I want you confined to just hitting <laughs> fairways. I don't care about any distance. Just like Ugh. you can hit it as you just have to hit fairways. And I know Kiz does that, okay. and I know Gay does that, but Kiz is cooler as far as I'm concerned. Plus, Brian Gay went to Florida, I think, and Kiz is a bulldog, so you'd have that in you. And also, Kiz is a good, he's a good dresser. Yeah, you know? yeah, So yeah. He, he, like, he's a solid dresser. You know, he's, he's he's sharp out there. He doesn't wear all these crazy things that you wear now. So I think that, like, I would have that. So I'd have, I'd have like, the full package if you were, like, Kiz on the golf course. That's what I want. It's like when you go back to the memory guest. You, know, you don't have all this loud crap that you, you're wearing, <laughs> and you're not you're not in trouble all the time off the tee. So that's what I want. Well, thank you. That that's very sweet of you. That that would be nice. I will say, it 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 really amazes me every time how different you and I approach the chunk and run questions. You know, it's just it's funny. Like I I would have never guessed you would treat me as good as you did, and I want to go ahead and. Um, yeah, I, I just didn't think about a lot of on-course stuff. I thought about a lot of off-course stuff, you know? Um, all right, so... Well, I just said that Kiz was, is, a, is yeah, a fun guy to hang out with. That's off-course. Yeah, I know. I guess that's, like, pretty much all I thought about was off-course. But anyway, okay. okay. Uh, all, right. all right, I'm going to start with me. Uh, I would reincarnate myself as uh, Cam Smith. Oh, my God. That's the weirdest <laughs> answer I've ever heard. Why? You know, I've, he wears a... He wears that dumb hat that doesn't fit his head. You know, I've, I've always wanted to be an Aussie, mate. You know, I've just always kind of clicked with the Aussie culture. You know, and I... I be like Baldo I or feel like I, I feel Baldo like I could totally out. be an Aussie. You know, I got the accent down and the fashion. And you end every statement like it's a question, mate. And, you know, you just, like, have this Aussie thing about you and the accent in America would do so good for you. But but really, really, I mean, like Cam is good enough that he's gonna be on tour for a while. So like he's gonna he's gonna make plenty of money, all right. But you know he's also like like I thought about it this way. Like if I were like a really handsome dude, like I am now, but on tour, I would get in a lot of trouble. Like I, I could see myself really having a lot of trouble, a lot of, maybe some fun, but being in a whole lot of trouble. And Cam is like just ugly enough to not get a lot of STDs. And but but still, but still do pretty good. But still do pretty good. 
and he's rich enough that he'll like enjoy himself. Like he'll he'll he won't have like the pick of the litter, you know, all the time every time he goes out. But he'll but he'll be just fine because he's got an accent. He's a PJ Tour pro, and he's just okay enough. You know what I mean? So I kind of felt like that was the safest play. I, I definitely considered going the Brooks Kepka route, as I'm sure you probably thought I was looking at going. Just being dumb and I thought that was just, where you were just dumb and hot and beefy and slaying everything in sight. But I gotta admit, there was a part of me that just like I mean, I just wanted instead of Rory, I was gonna go DJ. I was gonna be like, yeah, you know, I just want to like not have a care in the world. And yeah, yeah, freaking be able to hit a freaking mile and. Well, it's funny yeah, that you say in. that. It's funny that you <laughs> say that. <laughs> it's funny that you say that because I, I I took that into consideration when I thought about who you would be reincarnated as. So, I felt like, all right, so here, let me preface this. There's some things that you guys may or may not know about Pat. One of the things about Pat that I've learned the more I hang out with him is he's very, he's very OCD, first of all, but he is very stressed. He's just stressed all the time, and I hate it, buddy. I hate it. I want you to be relaxed. I want you to be comfortable. I want you to be f- footloose, fancy-free. I, I, I feel like you have a lot of cares in the world. I feel like you have a lot of weight on your shoulders, and a guy that I think doesn't have that, that's not DJ, is Kiridak Affy Barnrat. And I kind of feel like that's who you should come back as. I feel like <laughs> you could come back as Kiridak, you'd have the same body type, um, and you would be laid back. You know, Kiridak is laid back, he is stress free, uh, he's not old, he's a young guy. And look, you know what Kiridak Kiridak wants to be fat and happy. All he cares about, and I think this would be good for you too. He cares about food, cars, money, and hip hop. Like that, that's what that's what Kiridak cares about. If you listen to an interview with Kiridak, he loves hip hop. I think that'd be good for you. Get a little bit of a little bit of that urban injection in you a little bit. It's good for that gated community self you grew up in, you know. And, and just all you care about, Pat, is just living your life. You're 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 playing some golf. You're eating some really good food. You're you're you got a lot. You you want to get that. You're, you're all about that money. All about that paper, you know, and some nice cars. And it would give you a little bit of a break. Like, you wouldn't feel overwhelmed and, yee, I got this thing on my shoulders, and I got to go do this, and I got to go do that. Like, it would just give you a little relaxation. So I, I, I'll bring you back as Kira Deck. I hear, I hear you there. <laughs> I actually thought about that. I was thinking about that for myself, but in more of a terms of, of DJ. Because I feel like DJ, like, he's... He's not. Yeah. He's not. Let's just. He's not the sharpest tool in the shed. So I. I, I would. I'd like to be smarter than DJ. Maybe. I think Kiradek's like, smarter than DJ. He, he doesn't seem to have like a care in the world. Yeah. So I agree with you there with with Kiradek. And I, I was thinking. I literally. I gotta say. I was thinking the same thing for me. I was like. I would like less stress. Like less. See. I was thinking about, about that all with these you. different things. Man. I got you, dog. Yeah. All right. The, so we're on the same page. Yeah. But not. Yeah, the uh, the run question tonight. If you could bring back any two TV shows, which two would you bring back, and why? I mean, I think everyone knows the answer to this. One of the answers to this for me is Saved by the Bell, and the why is Kelly Kapowski. That's the only reason why. Um, the second show that I would bring back is Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I just think that's the best show. Pat, do you know the words Fresh Prince of Bel Air? Oh gosh! Um, in West Philadelphia, West Philadelphia, born and raised on a playground. Come on, was where I spent most of my days. Come on, 
chilling out, maxing, relaxing. You don't know this? Relaxing. All cool and all shooting some yeah. b-ball outside yeah, of the school. When a couple of guys, they were they were up to no good. They started making trouble in shoot- the neighborhood. My neighborhood. I got in one little fight and my mom got scared. She said, you're... Yo, home. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> she said, I know that's somewhere. She in said, you're book. moving with your that's... auntie and uncle in Bel Air. <laughs> I whistled for a cab and when it came near, the license plates said fresh and it had dice in the mirror. If anything, I could say that this cab was where, but I thought, nah, forget it. Yo, home to... Bel Air. I pulled... Up to a house about to the seven or eight, and I yelled to the cabbie, Yo, Holmes, see you later. Smell you later. I looked at my kingdom. (laughs) I was finally there. I'm to sit on my throne as the Prince of Bel Air. Yeah, (laughs) I like that show. How do you not know that whole? Oh, jeez. I don't, I don't. All right, honorable, honorable mention for me was In Living Color. Do you remember In Living Color? Oh, yeah. What a, what a freaking. Yeah, Jennifer Lopez was a flagger. What a, what a heater In Living Color is. But you know what? The reason it's honorable mention is it could never pass now because so many people would be so freaking offended at In Living Color. They would. In Living Color. Think of what you had in that show. You had, oh, you had, you uh, had Jim Carrey. Yeah. You had the Wayans. Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx. They were all just freaking hilarious. The Wayans brothers. You had J- David Allen Greer. Lopez David Allen Greer. Fly girl. Yeah, Greer. Uh, yeah, but but I mean, the offensive content in that show in 2019 would literally send people to the moon and back. Like, I think about the stuff yeah. we say that gets people riled up on Twitter. In Living Color right now would blow people's minds. It would blow people's minds. But it was so freaking funny. I used to sneak and watch it. My parents wouldn't let me watch it. But I would sneak and watch it. I would bring that back, but nobody could handle it. Love that show. Um, I'm with you on I like, I mean, all everything you mentioned. I mean, I, I'm a, I was a big, fresh Prince of Bel-Air fan. Huge, obviously, Saved by the Bell. I don't know who was. And if you weren't, I need to know why. Because yeah. I just feel like you should probably be de- deported from America. You need to be put down. Um, you need to just be put down. Yeah. But I, it's got to be Seinfeld for me. I would love to bring Seinfeld back. Yeah, I'm a huge yeah, Seinfeld yeah. fan. I mean, just everything. I could I could go on and on watching videos of clips of Seinfeld. I just love it. Um, also, The Office would yeah. be number two for yeah. me. I freaking love The Office. Love I mean, the, the Office is one of my favorite shows of all time. I mean, all the characters, um, it just it's it's an incredible show. Honorable mention, Alf. Oh, yes, Alf. I remember Alf. Gonna go Alf. Way back in the eighties. Yeah, I remember Alf. He was kind of a he was kind of a. A quippy, kind of sarcastic character. He was quippy and he was sarcastic, and you know what? He wasn't always politically correct. He wasn't. I don't think. Yeah, yeah. He's, he pushed the envelope a little bit. What a great show yeah. that was. So, Alf, close third. <sighs> Sidebar if anybody wants to put Pat's face on Kiradek's body or Photoshop some. Some of these reincarnations. Oh, we knew that was going to happen. Yeah, we good. knew that. that like, I don't even know if you needed to mention that. Yeah. At the end of this show. Like, I think somebody would have done that. Yeah. 
Oh, man. All right. Well, we love our listeners. We thank you guys. We appreciate it. Guys and gals listening all over the, the, the place. You guys are the best. Um, yeah. Be sure to check out tourjunkies.com. we got some great free content coming out. The Chalk Bomb. Subscribe if you've not already. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a good week. May your screens be green. We want, we want to see you guys hit some bets this week. Nail some bets. Let's, let's do this, all right? Second major of the year. It's a big freaking deal, all right? See ya!